man alive were they cute. Um, what a wonderful time to be alive. Any time with Jesus is a wonderful time to be alive. We are so blessed. We are all people on the earth most blessed because we have a Savior that's the light of the world and the light of our life. And he has resurrection power to make Easter bunnies poop out eggs. It's awesome what Jesus can do. So with that kind of Jesus, we can't go wrong, can we? Hey, would you turn with me in the Bible to the story of stories... It's where we get the phrase, I am the resurrection and the life. This is one of the greatest stories in the Bible. If we could have the four people I've asked to read come up, and the mic's right there. If you would just come up right now. We're going to have four people read for us out of John 11, beginning with verse 1. This story goes from death to life in four minutes, from the darkest dark to the brightest light in under four minutes. And I'd like you to just follow along with them as they read this morning. Come on up. We're going to start with Randy Warden. And we've given them um, the translation to read from that will be up also on the, on the board. Are you going to just read from there? Is that where you feel most comfortable, the most anointed? Right there. That's great. I, really I feel wasn't guilty. Trying to, I really wasn't trying to guilt you. I just didn't know what to say. All right. Randy, take it. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent, him, sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. For it is the glory of the Lord, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus moved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for you and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, he didn't call the twin, Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that, may we, that we may die with him. Does that mean I get to lean on this? <laughs> now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met, and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, 
your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And anyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she said, or when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Wow. Thank you for, for being willing to do that for us. They too are not paid actors and actresses. They are right here, those that read for us. Thank you. Would you stand with me as we bless this word this morning? A message of life, a message of hope. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Father, we love the fact that we've had worship and that we get to sing and praise, but Father, and we have fellowship, but God, today, we're here to proclaim with our lives that Jesus is still alive. We come here to glorify you and to say thank you and to honor you. And Father, we pray that your word will be like a sword in the hearts of men and women here, that Father, you will defeat the darkness and the light will burst forth in every heart that's here. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Would you greet somebody in the name of the Lord and let them know you're happy they're here. I, I need to announce to the band that 
um, after the message is over, we'd like you to come up. We're going to do that freedom song again. I just, we just got to do that again. So uh, if you'd be ready to go. Um, this story is, is so awesome. Um, I, I think by today we'll be able to put ourselves there. So much of the Bible, many of us have heard the stories or you're hearing it for the first time, but it's, it's really important to realize that when these things really take place, what the people experience that were in them, and I think today you're going to get some insight into that. If you've never underlined in your Bible, I want to give you permission to do that. There's nothing in the Bible that says you can't underline your Bibles. We try to encourage don't cut anything out or cross it out, but you can underline things. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to John 11 and towards around verses 34. There are eight things that took place in this story that I'd like to focus on today. Put ourselves there and realize how relatable this story is to our lives to this day. In verse 34, Jesus asks a question. It cracks me up every time Jesus asks a question as if he doesn't know things. I mean, he's the son of God. He knows all things. And he says, okay, so where have you laid Lazarus? Where have you laid Lazarus? And if you'd underline that, that's number one. Number two is found in verse 39. And Jesus says this, take away the stone. If you'd underline that this morning, that's number two. Then number three in verse 40. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I'd like to talk about these first four. Oh, that's three, isn't it? Number four. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you've helped me catch that I'd missed number four. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That is in verse 41. Every one of us in this life has things that will impact us at a deep level. And whether you've known Jesus or not, life has a way of burying us, doesn't it? Life has a way of just burying us. Whether that's stressful, whether that's fear, whether it's depression, whether it's struggling to achieve things, it just seems like life can just bury us. But I want you to know something today. Jesus is asking, where has the world laid you out at? Where are you laid out at? Where, where are you? Jesus asks the question, I will find you if you're buried. Isn't that awesome? No matter how helpless and hopeless and how lost you are, how buried you are, Jesus is asking, where are you? Where can I find you? I will find you. And he comes to your tomb. He comes to your grave. He comes to your hardship in life. And number two, take away the stone. I love this one because 
Of course, there's an immediate reaction in the crowd. Don't do it. But he rolls away the stone and lets the light into our grave. And many times in life, and most of the time, most of us really don't want that darkness revealed to the world. I, I just as soon not have you all know what's buried me. I'd rather not be exposed to the world that I'm kind of a stinking mess right now. Anybody else? Am I alone in that? Or, 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 or there's others out there that you just love airing your dirty laundry with people. It's just something you just have to do. That's really probably pretty healthy if you know who to air it to. But most of us will shrink back from the thought that God wants to roll the stone back to the stinking mess of our life. But that's one of the most critical things that you can ever have happen. And that's why a lot of times we avoid church, we avoid talking about God, because there's a light that comes into the darkness and reveals just how bad we think we smell. It's a crack-up. I mean, these sisters of Lazarus are going, no, not in front of all of Israel, you know, not in front of all the neighbors. Please don't do this, Jesus. But you've got to understand that Jesus is on a different wavelength with what's going on here. Because he knows the opposite's going to happen. When you allow your life to let Jesus in, all your fears and trepidation and all your predictions are usually going to be false when it comes to how bad he thinks you smell, how bad he thinks you look, how dead you think you are. And Jesus says to them, did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God. One of the hardest things Jesus is having with the people there is, do you believe what I'm saying? Do you have faith in me? In the darkest night, in the most discouraging times, do you know that I hear you? Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus prays on your behalf and God hears him on your behalf. And if you and I will believe, we'll see glorious things. Do you have faith that God can even raise your life from the dead? Because he's saying that this morning. It's all about Easter. Easter's all about resurrection. It's all about going from dead to living. God's the great I am, not the great I was, the great I used to be, the great has been. He is the I am. He is ex excited today to raise things from the dead as he was 2,000 years ago. Do you believe? I told you, if you will believe me, you're going to see glorious things. One of the neatest stories in the Bible is in the Old Testament when Solomon is one of the most phenomenal kings of Israel. It was the high water mark of the Israeli Hebrew nation. And he had wealth and fame and glory. And there was a queen by the name of Queen, the Queen of Sheba. I don't know what her name was. She was Queen of Sheba. She was from Sheba. And she had heard rumors about Solomon's kingdom. And this is a type of Jesus. So she goes to check it out. And she gets there and her mouth drops as she's led around on a tour of the kingdom of Solomon. And she says this phrase to Solomon, the half of your glory was not even told me. 
every one of us who've ever come to Jesus and really allow him to take hold of our life, we hear Jesus say, why are you so amazed it's better than you thought it was going to be? Why did you wonder? Did I not tell you that if you believed in me, you would see the glory of the Lord? Everybody in this story doesn't expect that. They expect it to smell. They expect it to be bad. They expect to go die. They expect it to be awful. And Jesus said, did I not tell you? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you shall not die. And then he says to them, do you believe this? And every human in the world says, no, I didn't believe that my life would actually get better if I came to Jesus. When you're on the tomb side of Jesus, you never believe that if Jesus comes into your life, it actually gets glorious. There is something in the atmosphere, there's some enemy of our soul that lies and whispers in our ear. If you come to Jesus, things are going to get really boring. Things are going to really restrict your style. You'll lose who you are and have to become something else. It's all lies. Because Jesus said, if you believe in me, you shall not die. You shall live. Do you believe this? Do you know if you give yourself wholly and heartily to Jesus, you're going to see the glory of the Lord? <laughs> you will not die. Now, yes, the Bible says we must give up our life. If we give up our life, we will gain our life. But it takes faith to believe that if I lose everything, I'm not going to die. I, I love Thomas's reaction. He's so noble. Because, see, that. The religious society was threatening to kill Jesus. If you ever come back to this town, you're dead. Don't, we don't ever want to see you again, was basically the last word that he heard from the people in Jerusalem. And now he's saying he's going back within two miles of the hot zone, of the kill zone. And his disciples are saying, no, Jesus, don't do this. Okay, he's going. Thomas says, he's going to go. What do you guys say? Why don't we just go, we'll just go with Jesus and we'll die with him there. We'll follow Jesus, and we'll die there. I love Jesus so much, I'll just die with him. My life's over as I know it. And all the disciples hung their head and went to go watch the greatest miracle that ever happened. <laughs> and that's us. Well, if I follow Jesus, I'll have to die. I'll, I, I felt like God would... I thought I was going to turn into some monk on the hill contemplating my navel the rest of my life. Just be so boring and so awful. Is there anybody in the house that found that God was much more glorious than you thought he was going to be? The half is not... You know, when you go tell people about Jesus, brag all you want because you're not going to ever brag too highly about Jesus. Nobody's going to be disappointed when they come to Jesus that he's better than you told them. He's just going to make sure he is. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. Yes, you have to lay down your life first. But understand this. It's going to be glorious. Because I'm praying to the Father on your behalf. And he says, roll away the stone. And then he says, Father, I pray these things so that these will know that you sent me. Number five through eight. Underline this in your Bibles if you want to. I knew that you always hear me. Verse 42, I knew that you would always, that you always hear me. Do you know that God always hears you? Yeah, but I, I haven't lived a very good life. Yeah, but 
I'm dead on a doornail. Yeah, but my life stinks. I, I understand all that. But it blows me away that God knows our thoughts before we even say them. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He is not deaf, nor is I dim, that he cannot, nor is arm short, that he cannot see you, that he cannot. You know what the kid's saying about today? He sees, he hears, he reaches into the darkest, dankest, stinkiest grave of a life. I don't care how bad your life has been. There is no death that can ever best Jesus. I dare you. Set a world's record. You know, Lazarus, he was dead for four days. Jesus was in the tomb three. Lazarus had bragging rights in heaven. I was the deadest of all people. I won the dead man walking award. I was dead for longer than you. I'm the deadest guy around. Do you feel like you're the deadest person around? Do you feel like you've been deader longer than anybody you know? Do you feel like you've been the deadest Christian that ever walked the face of the planet? Jesus is looking for some record setters this morning. He wants you to be able to brag how dead you were before he brought you to life. There is no death that can best the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's not the worst life. There's not, you know, there's no sin that can go up against the cross and win. So don't let the enemy tell you you're too far gone, you're too far dead, you're too bad. Because the cross is better, badder, bigger than anything you've ever experienced in this life. In fact, he paid the price for the sins of the entire world lumped together, let alone your little one. So no matter what you've been through, no matter how dead you are, have faith, believe, for God always listens to you. He always listens to you. Number six, I believe that the one and only God sent Jesus. Verse 42. Jesus says, I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that God the Father sent me. Do you know that God sent one man to eradicate the sins of the entire world? The Bible says, Behold my, be my beloved son, my only begotten son, in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus was the representative of God. Jesus alone has all power. No other name in heaven. There's no other name like Jesus. Do you believe that the one and only God sent Jesus to you. Martha and Mary couldn't believe it. Lazarus, of course, had no opinion at that point. But Mary and Martha couldn't believe that Jesus was coming just for them. They wanted him to come sooner before things really got bad, but he waited. That people might understand that God had sent Jesus to the world to eradicate death, sin, decay, the grave, hopelessness, helplessness. There is no other name like Jesus, gang. I mean, you can go on all kinds of programs. You can do all, but once you say the name of Jesus, once you allow him in, once you believe he was sent from God, I'm telling you, you will see the glory of the Lord in your life. And there are many witnesses here that can testify to that. And this is just one little place in one little part of the world. Millions of people have found that Jesus is the answer. Number seven, verse 43. Feel free to underline anything on this you would like. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out. Though I have been dead to the world, dead in the world, 
and often feel hopeless and lost and helpless? Jesus, do you hear Jesus saying to your inner man this morning, come forth, come alive. Jesus is alive. He wants to speak into your life and bring it to life when it was dead and helpless and hopeless and dark. I, I love this because he says in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And I thought, you know, Jesus didn't have to yell to have power. You know that, don't you? But you got to understand who he's talking to. This is a guy that the last thing he remembers is he's gasping for breath. He feels awful, and he can feel life ebbing out of his body for the last time. That's the last thing he remembers. Next thing he remembers is he's waking up, and he can hardly breathe. He can't see. He's all bound up. It's pitch dark, <laughs> and he has no idea what's going on. I, I really kind of believe that. It's like he's coming out of the deepest, darkest sleep. He's coming out of death. To what? He's back in the back of a cave, wrapped up, tied up. I think Jesus had Lazarus at roll, as, at, at roll out the stone. I really believe that when the resurrection life showed up onto the scene and he said, roll the stone away, that life went right into Lazarus. I'm just saying this because Lazarus is laying there. He doesn't know what to do or where to go. And he hears Jesus loud enough to shout into the cave, Lazarus, follow my voice. And Lazarus goes, keep talking, Jesus. And here comes Lazarus. Can you picture this? I mean, how do you tell a guy to come forth that's all wrapped up, bound in his hands, bound in his feet? So he's setting up and he's hearing Jesus' voice and it's pitch dark. And when you hear somebody, you're just going to follow their voice, right? And it's black and it's dark. But in faith, Lazarus are. And good thing Jesus was yelling. And as he comes out the mouth of that cave, <laughs> put yourself in the audience. And nobody's helping him because they're all just dead in their tracks, jaw dropped open, standing there watching the now alive guy try to struggle with all his bondage. Jesus has to finally say, you'd think it'd be self-evident, wouldn't you? But Jesus says, okay, quit gawking around. Somebody unwrap the poor guy. That's why he says it. Nobody's moving. They're leaving Lazarus just sitting there. You know. And he finds would somebody help Lazarus out? And then I thought, I'm assuming Mary and Martha were running to him. But how would you like to be on the unbinding crew that day? Have you ever thought what it would be like to literally take a mummy and start unwrapping a living mummy? I'd be cutting off a little bit of gauze and sticking it in my pocket for later reference. Can you imagine the souvenirs you could have sold in Jerusalem the next day? Come get it, piece of Lazarus death cloth here. Hey, come get it, you know, $2 a square inch or whatever. I don't know. Wouldn't that have been precious? Um, Jesus was buried in 75 pounds of myrrh and aloe um, 
kind of tree pitch stuff that would help the stuff stick. Can you imagine the beautiful smell as you unravel this man that's just beside himself with life? The tears of Mary and Martha unwrapping the best Christmas present that ever happened. And people watching this. I'll tell you, to come to Jesus Christ and then to help people out of their death garb is one of the most exciting things you and I will ever do. To help people get out of bondage and death is one of the most exciting things you and I can participate in. It's really cool that Jesus did the huge part, but he let people actually unravel him. Jesus didn't run over there and quickly. He said, somebody go do something about this. And when you're in the kingdom of God, one of the most exciting things in the world is to see Jesus bring somebody to life. And here they come, not knowing which direction's up, trying to follow Jesus' voice. And he says, church, unbind these people. Set them free. Now may my life no longer be bound by the dead things that have so easily entangled me. I am now free to go forward to live. Wouldn't it be awesome to unbind people who are bound in sin, death, and decay? We're not here to condemn people and say, why did you pick that grave cloth, Mary and Martha? That's really, why'd you wrap him so tight? What's the deal? If you'd have been a little looser on the wrap, I mean, there was no criticism in the crowd. We understand bondage. If you've lived on this life longer than 22 years or even less, you know life can weigh you down. Life can bind you up. And the God's people need to be excited about people being set free and then helping out. And you've come to the right place. Like Kevin said, this is an awesome place because a lot of us, most of us, know what it's like to be blind and dead and to have people help us out of that mess. It's not always all at once that God guides our blind and distortedness and then the church helps us get out of our bondage. And the beautiful thing is you're never ever too far gone or too dead for Jesus. I'd like the band to go ahead and come up. And I'd like to end on this thought. That some of you might not be the Lazarus, you might be a Mary or Martha, and life has so kicked you in the teeth that you don't even want to come out of your bedroom. Yes, you know Jesus, but if Jesus would have just done something, you wouldn't be so sad. Whether you're a Martha, a Mary, or a Lazarus, Jesus whispers, something to Martha that makes Martha run back and she says in verse 28 when she had said this she went and called her sister Mary saying in private the teacher is here and is calling for you the teacher is here this morning and he's calling privately privately to you did you see what Mary did? She believed it. Did you see what she did? She responded. She's in the darkest place in her life. Her favorite and only brother has died. And if Jesus would have just done something about it, her life would have been better. But Jesus says, if you can believe me, Mary, 
you will see the glory of the Lord. If you'll have faith in the deepest, darkest time of your life, you will see the glory of God. Have faith. For the teacher knows your name. And he's calling each and every one of us this morning privately, whispering in your ear, I'm here. And I'm here now. And if you'll have faith, all is not lost. It's just begun. Would you stand this morning? I wonder if just with every head bowed this morning, if you would just close your eyes and if there's a question in your heart about Jesus, he's laying a question before you. What will you do with this Jesus? How you answer has the power to change your life this morning, starting today. Choosing to believe that he is who he claimed to be, the son of God who died on the cross to free you from your sins can release you from the chains of this world. Where there's darkness in our lives, he brings light. Where there's fear, he can bring courage. We need him desperately. And he wants to come into our lives in a desperate way and bring healing, freedom, and love. If you would like Jesus in your life this morning, if you've never done this, I just wonder if you'd pray with me this morning. Or if you need to recommit to him this morning, like Mary, and to hear his voice, whether you're a Lazarus or a Mary or a Martha, will you pray this simple prayer with me? And I'd like everybody to pray so that everybody feels comfortable praying this prayer. Would you just pray with me? Repeat after me. Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you are my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on that cross. To free me from my sins. From this day forward, I will turn away from my old habits. I will leave behind any area of my life that does not please you, but brings me death. I receive your forgiveness and ask that you come into my life. Live in me and love through me. Thank you, Jesus. In your precious name, amen. With every head bowed, is there anybody that said that prayer this morning for the first time? Would you just raise your hand if you said it for the first time? I'd like to just be with you this week in prayer. And if you've never come to Jesus before or you said that prayer for the first time, just raise your hand right now. And those of you that have recommitted your life to Jesus, would you just raise your hand? Yeah, with every head bowed, please. Yeah. Jesus sees those hands. God knows your heart. This is a day of beginning for you. This is a day of your resurrection. This is your first Easter, so to speak. You get to be a Lazarus. You get to have a story. If you've are renewing your life for the first time or you're giving your heart to Jesus for the first time, would you tell somebody about it that you trust? Tell somebody that you've made that commitment. Begin to pray all you can, read your Bible all you can, and fellowship others that are Christian all you can. And the Lord will begin to unravel the bondage that you've been in.
faster than you would imagine, more glorious than you could conceive. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, would you sing this morning this song with the band?
Um, if you had any questions or just wanted to tell someone, um, these people are great. They're all trusted people that you can you can go to. Um, and of course, if there's any other needs that you need, these people would be happy to pray with you. And of course, the altar's always open. Father, we come to you again this day and we thank you. We thank you that you make all things new, God. We thank you that you hold the power over death and darkness, God. That through your might, God, you resurrected Jesus from the grave. Thus paving a way that we would have a new life with you, God. And I pray that as we go our separate ways, God, that you would be the resurrection in each and every one of our lives today, God. That you would shine your light through us, in us, and over us, God. We love you, God. We love you, God, and we thank you. And I pray these things in your mighty name, God. Amen.